Today I am joined with Alicia who's involved in youth ministry in the Edmonton Eparchy. She's going to be really talking about um, the absolute importance of surrounding ourselves with individuals on the same path of knowing Jesus. She's going to be talking about how those individuals help us make good decisions. Top of that, she's going to be talking about the uh, reality of COVID, the global uh, pandemic, and how it makes it a bit more difficult to maintain a relationship with Jesus. She's going to quickly mention, you know, sometimes the reality is in a secular world, there sometimes are different values presented in a secular world versus, you know, a more Catholic perspective in the way we view things. So she has a little bit of a list, but she's got four different ways you can strengthen your faith, especially as youth in the church. The first way she's talking about is how we can examine ourselves. And what exactly do you mean by examining ourselves? Yeah, so when we're thinking about who we are as people, it's important to recognize that we have certain patterns that we follow in our everyday lives. Um, you know, we have our virtues, our things that we do really well. We have our vices and those things that, you know, kind of block our paths to, you know, choosing good things and being good people. Um, and so really examining ourselves is making sure that you're intentionally making decisions that are putting you on a good path and really recognizing and intentionally reflecting upon how that process is going in your life. You know, what are the good things that you're doing? What are the things that are not necessarily as good for you? And you know, those kind of things can be helpful if you actually track things and look at your patterns throughout your day. How do you spend most of your time? Where do you devote your time to? Because time is an investment. You know, you are putting that into yourself and depending on where you put it, you will turn out in a specific way. And so it's important to make good choices, to be able to look at ourselves and recognize where we can improve and then try and make those improvements. Mm -hmm. So I guess that almost raises the, the point of, you know, almost like the good and bad morality and ethics in our everyday lives. So. What about like you're young, you're in university, right? You have, there's so much going on in university. How do you find these role models? How do you find these people who could guide you to help make good decisions? Do you have any ideas on that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that definitely making sure, you know, that you have people around you that are positive, you know, that your friends that you spend the most time with, you know, it's helpful to have people in your life that don't think the same as you and that have different values as you, because then that, you know, introduces you to different ideas and, you know, it's helpful to understand where other people come from. Um, but it's also important to surround pe yourself with people who um, have those same values as you and that will encourage you on your journey. Um, and so whether that's, you know, reaching out, uh, if you're on a university campus, there's very likely groups for you that are run 
Um, I know I myself, I, I joined a Bible study and that was fantastic because, you know, there were people all ages, you know, from our young kind of 20s into, you know, middle-aged people. And it's interesting really hearing those perspectives from everyone and really learning what, you know, going through those really challenging situations in life, how, how to get through those and what kind of happens uh, as you go through those and the transformation that can happen. And there's almost this purification process, you know, when you're going through life and you encounter these really difficult things, you know, those things are, are there as opportunities for you to really, you know, try and, and make those decisions that will put you on that right path. And so really surrounding yourself with people who are encouraging you in that and are trying to do that same thing that are on that same journey, you know, you start kind of running with the group in a good direction, <laughs> in a good way. So, so what would that accomplish? Like if you, if you find those individuals that are, you know, help you make good decisions in life, how could that help you in life? Cause I know, especially with universities or more so like even young people, right? You're surrounded by huge, variety of belief values what's what could surrounding yourself around individuals who help you grow as an individual why is that important mm -hmm. well i think when it ultimately comes down to it we're talking about our relationship with god and mm -hmm. our relationship with our faith and so when we're trying to become better people we're ultimately trying to become saints you know that is that should be our goal and why are saints saints? It's because they want to be so close to Jesus, just totally in communion with him. And that is what we really need to try and strive towards. Because if we look at saints, you know, a lot of them are very joyful people and they've gone through such hardships in their lives. So maybe they have times of consolation and other times of desolation, you know, when you're experiencing the spirit and you feel full and sometimes you don't, you know, you don't necessarily feel as full <laughs> and how to work through that. You know, the saints are such good examples of that. And ultimately that's who we should strive to be because that will bring us closer to God. Mm -hmm. So the second thing you're talking about or is engage with the sacraments. What do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. So definitely the sacraments as Catholics, they're such gifts to us. And especially when we're talking about the Eucharist, that is such an important part of our faith because it allows us to really create that intimacy between ourselves and God. You know, when we think of, you know, accepting, receiving communion, not only are we receiving that spiritually and we're having that spiritual connection, but we're also, you know, it's bread. <laughs> it's Jesus's body. It's going into us. It's being broken down into molecules and our body is using it to build us up, you know, as nutrients and actually it's becoming part of us. And so we are actually accepting God into our bodies. And that's why it's also so important to take care of our bodies and to really strive for wellness. 
Um, but not only does that receiving communion, you know, help us with our closeness to God, but it also connects us to all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, who are also receiving Christ into themselves. And we just have that bond between us, that connection. And that is so, so important. Um, Also, when we talk about sacraments, it's important to talk about confession um, and to, you know, go and it's just such a beautiful sacrament. You know, we, we are sinners. We struggle in our lives to choose good things. That's the ultimate, you know, result of the fall. (laughs) When we look back, you know, from catechism (laughs) way back when, you know, that's the ultimate result of that. We are going to sin and we, we want to strive not to, um, but we, we do fail. And so it's important to recognize that in ourselves. And I think confession can often be a very scary thing for people. Um, you know, you might be a little hesitant because you might think, oh, they're going to judge me or, you know, I just feel so bad. I just, I just don't, I don't know where to even start or how to go about doing this. And, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it though. When we go to confession, we're not going to talk to, you know, another human being. It's yes, the priest is there, but the priest at that moment is, is acting as God, you know, like God is present with us there. And it is God who is, you know, accepting and (laughs) taking upon uh, himself our sins to cleanse us so that we can then be in communion and in relationship again with him. And so there's just such beauty in that. And if I can say anything, it's make sure that, you know, you, it's, it might be a scary thing, but just go for it. Just go for it because it feels so, so much better to be in communion. So with, you know, sometimes we more so youth kind of interpret confession as sometimes being more scary. Let's say we go once a year, right? We go every Easter and that's kind of what we do. How do we get ourselves more into the loop of like, hey, maybe instead of once a year, let's try once a month or like what, what's the path? What should we take to instead going once a year or once every blue moon? Um, <laughs> how, how do we start recognizing the importance of confession and kind of start realizing the, you know, the, the value of it? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that goes back to what I talked about before and really examining ourselves. And if we're examining ourselves, a very practical way to do this, by the way, is every night before you go to bed, you know, think about the day, think about what happened throughout the day, how you responded to various things, um, and really walk yourself through that and reflect on you know, those moments where you're like, man, I did great. Like, that's awesome. I made a great choice there. Then also reflect on those moments that, you know, you didn't necessarily do as well. Um, And when you're reflecting more and being intentional about that, um, it can help you realize more that, you know, you have all of this um, weight on you in a sense that, you know, you are realizing that 
you know, you're making these maybe not great choices for yourself. Um, but confession is a way to purify that. And really the act of confession, of saying your sins out loud, you know, it's a good way to be able to recognize, you know, where you fall short. And that reflection, that constant reflection is going to help you to constantly move forward. And so if you're going more often then, first of all, you'll have to be intentional about that. If you want to go every month, which is a great thing to do, um, it's a great thing to go as often as you can. You know, there's people who go every day to confessions. <laughs> so like the, I know Pope John Paul II, you know, very famously um, goes to church, goes to confession every day. And, you know, that that is just something that if, if we want to have that close relationship with Jesus, you know, that's going to be something that we have to, mm -hmm. have to do. Yeah, so the third one you talk about is um, recognizing we are members of the church. So what exactly do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. Yes, so we are all members of the body of Christ. You know, the church is the body of Christ. We are the way that Christ is brought into this world. You know, we are the hands and feet of Christ. And so recognizing that we're members of the church is taking that responsibility onto ourselves that we have to live every day in an authentic way. You know, if we are calling ourselves Christians, there's a way that we should be acting. And I think that that's a very challenging idea especially for young people, because we look at the church and we see a lot of brokenness, you know, a lot of scandals, a lot of different things such as that. And it's important to recognize that the church is fallible. The church will make mistakes because it's full of people. It's full of people who are on this journey of, you know, trying to become closer to God. But sinning along the way, you know, making those mistakes, but who are still trying. And so <laughs> as members of the body of Christ, then it's important for us to try and live as authentically as possible so that the church reflects authentically what, you know, Jesus is, who Jesus is and how he interacts with other people. Mm hmm. So what would you say the church acts as? Because I know before we were talking about a bit of like a field hospital, and I, I really like that analogy in which the church is. Because I, I sometimes think um, we often view everyone as perfect, right? We think, okay, if, if you're Catholic, you must be perfect. Or we have this weird idea, but that's not the church, right? So can you speak a bit about that, that kind of field hospital idea? Yeah, definitely. Um, so that comes from Pope Francis, you know, the field hospital. We have to get in the trenches, you know. Um, it's, it's a hospital because it's a place where we go with, you know, spiritual sickness, you know. And what is that sickness? What is a spiritual sickness? 
It's ultimately a lack of love. It's a feeling of being unloved, uncared for, you know, not having connection. And so when we talk about field hospital, we're talking about helping people to find that connection and to feel loved. And so as members of the church, then we have to recognize that we are called to make other people feel loved. That is our ultimate calling. You know, we have to be in relationship with God and in relationship with others. And so finding that love, spreading that love is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. So the fourth one, which kind of continues on the theme of um, love, but the fourth one you're talking about is loving Jesus. So what exactly do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. So Jesus, had, he's fully God and he's also fully human, you know, so he is a person. He's someone who wants to be in relationship with us so desperately, you know, he is always an open invitation and we ourselves, if we're feeling distance from him, that's not coming from him. (laughs) That's coming from us and coming from our decisions and our walls that we're putting up and our shells that we're putting around ourselves, which might feel comfortable sometimes, you know, blocking out certain things in life and kind of, you know, finding distance, but that is ultimately going to create that distance between us and God. And so we want to make sure that, you know, this, this person who just wants to love us so, so much, you know, in those times where we're feeling broken and we're feeling at our lowest and where we really don't have any idea what to do and we're just overwhelmed and there's just nowhere to go, no end in sight to it. It's like, what do we do? Where do we turn to? And it's important to remember that that open invitation is always there and to just have the courage to ask, you know, ask and you will receive. It's asking God just, just to be with you and to walk with you through that because he, he's there. He's always going to be walking with you through everything. It's you realizing that he's there with you through it all. And if you start, you know, paying attention in certain ways and kind of, you know, reflecting, examining yourself, surrounding yourself with other people that are on the same journey, you know, partaking in the sacraments, it's easier to see him in, you know, those, the simplest things, you know, whether it's, you know, the wind outside or the rustling of leaves in the trees, or, you know, your family is gathering together and there's just so much joy. And even in the difficult times, even in those times where, you know, it's, it's very challenging, you know, he's there. So I guess, like you talked about, you know, the importance of examining yourselves, engaging in the sacraments, recognizing we are members of the church and loving Jesus. The the last question I'm going to kind of leave you off with is some often people may find themselves kind of feeling unloved. 
Right, especially in, in today's day and age, we you know, sometimes people can get confused where they are in their life, where they're going. What is one thing you would suggest, you know, kind of faith-based, that they could do to find out, you know, to realize they are loved and to find their place in the world? Well, I mean, that's a very big question. Very, yes. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people who've been really struggling throughout their whole lives to figure that out. But I think the way it starts is to just pray, to just talk to God. And, you know, maybe the prayer you know is, you know, our Father and Hail Mary. And those are great. Do not get me wrong. Those are awesome. But, you know, just talk, you know like, hey God, like, how, how's it going? Like, this is how it's going for me right now. And just opening that line of communication and, you know, it starts to come naturally at different points throughout the day. You know, if you do it just, you know, long enough or maybe you wake up in the morning and that's, when you kind of, you know, make that contact, be like, hey, God, thank you for, you know, giving me this new day, you know, this opportunity to do these things. Or maybe it's before you go to bed. Maybe it's also throughout your day, you know, praying unceasingly. Um, but it's important to just, yeah, have that open line of communication and just just start mm -hmm. the conversation because he's there. He's listening. Just open it up. So it seems you're saying prayer is more of a conversation with God. It's not necessarily like a strict set of guidelines, like you have to do this and you follow by this and then follow by this, but using prayer more as a conversation with God. Well, I think there's different kinds of prayer that mm -hmm. are great for different things. Mm -hmm. And structured prayer is awesome. Yeah. Um, like the liturgy, it's a very awesome structured prayer that is the ultimate, you know, epitome of our faith. Um, but yeah, prayer doesn't necessarily have to be structured like that. It can be very informal. Um, and you know, it's whatever works best for you. Maybe praying for you is putting on worship music and listening to worship music and reflecting on the words that are being said. You know, that can be a very, you know, informal way of actually starting that process of reflection. Um, but yes, just, and I've, I've grown in this ability to pray informally, listening to how other people pray. And so it's interesting if you're in a group and you have different people leading prayers, listening to how they lead those prayers says a lot about their communication style with Jesus mm -hmm. and with God. And, you know, try different ways out, you know, and one will definitely match your personality. And, you know, Jesus made you, he made your personality. You know, he knows exactly who you are. And so come to him exactly as you are. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so that, that's very interesting. I know we talked about some pretty big ideas here. So, but really, you know, the four ways you can strengthen your faith, especially as youth in the church, being really examining yourself, engaging in the sacraments, and recognizing we're members of the church while also loving Jesus. And like really finding the ways around, you know, using prayer as a conversation. So that was a very insightful conversation. Just want to thank Alicia for joining us here today and helping us answer some of those questions.